It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. It's not Tim Weisberg. It's Paul Santos filling in here, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, early here on a Thursday morning. I've always thought to myself how fun it would be to be on first thing in the morning. And then the alarm clock went off at 4.30. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) this is going to be a little bit different for me. But that's okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome, welcome in, WBSM audience. Again, it's Paul Santos filling in for Tim this morning. Tim recovering from surgery, and uh, hopefully he'll be back as soon as he can. We've been having a kind of a rotation of different fill-in people today, so today it's my turn, and I'm so happy to be with you today. Haven't had a chance to fill in for a little bit, and so uh, I'm definitely happy to be here. So welcome in. We're going to be chatting about all kinds of different stuff. One of the things we like to do is we like to keep it on the local side. So that's what we're going to be doing here this morning on WBSM. And I got to tell you, I'm looking out the window a little bit on the rainy side, but that's the negative side. That's the glass half full side, uh, or actually the glass half empty side. The glass half full side is it's going to be 50 degrees this morning. Imagine that. 50 degrees is going to be today. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it felt like, you know, after we had that that Arctic blast that we had where the temperatures just plummeted, for it to go up to 50 degrees Wow, it almost feels balmy. So uh, we'll take that. We'll take that in the middle of January. Rather have that than the big blizzards that we had a few years back. So, hey, we're only we're already January 25th, so we can just get through the next six to eight weeks. It'll be springtime. The days will be getting longer, and we're on the other side of the curve. That's what we want, right? So anyway, welcome in. We have a few things on the docket today to talk about today. As you know, you can chime in on the conversation at 508-996-0500, we're always happy to hear from you. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today was, you know, they got a new superintendent at the New Bedford Public Schools, and I know that was discussed. I haven't been on the air since Andrew O'Leary was made the new superintendent. And I got to tell you, the first thing that struck me about that was, thank God they hired somebody from inside. For God's sakes, why do we have to keep going around the country to try to find people that turn out to be disasters. You know what I'm saying? Well, the last superintendent, Tom Anderson, I thought he was okay. I thought he was pretty good. But if you go back before that, Pia Durkin, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. Before that, Portia Bonna. Oh, okay, that's a, that was a good one. And then you look back at who were the successful superintendents, right? The successful superintendents were all the ones that were from here, all the ones that are from New Bedford. All the ones who started out as teachers in the New Bedford system know the community, taught our kids in the community, then became a principal, then maybe became a headmaster at the high school, then maybe became the headmaster at the high school after being a housemaster, then became superintendent, right? But now we have to go and bring somebody in from the outside and they're going to straighten everything out and they're going to do this and do that. And then it turns out it never works. It's always a disaster, except for Anderson. I think Anderson was okay. But Pierre Durkin, oh, you got to be kidding me. And the thing is, when Durkin was in there, 
for some reason, it didn't get any publicity as to what was going on. What was going on was one principal after the other was quitting and leaving. Everybody quit. And they say, well, somebody needed to go in there and strain it out. No, no, you don't understand. That's not what it was. You got somebody who would just like yell and scream at people, wave their finger in their face, and then storm off. And then they, everybody would look at her and like, that person doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. So I don't think anybody in a job would appreciate that kind of leadership. But anyway, that's water under the bridge. I am just happy that they have promoted somebody from within. As I wanted to mention, if you look at the people who have been promoted from within, think about it. Mike Longo, right? Mike Longo, I remember Mike Longo when I was in high school, right? He was probably the most popular teacher in the school. He ran a club called the History Club. People loved his class. He was a real leader. He was no nonsense, though. People respected him. And then he went on to become, you know, I think it was housemaster, and then headmaster, and then eventually superintendent. Okay, before that, we had Dr. Joe Silva, who actually, I lived in the same neighborhood as he did. Dr. Silva was a terrific superintendent. Then you go back before that, who was the superintendent before that? Somebody who I remember was the principal at Keith Junior High School when I was there, Constantine Annopoulos. Constantine Annopoulos was an excellent superintendent. Again, these are people who are from New Bedford, grew up in New Bedford, are New Bedfordites themselves, came up through the ranks, and eventually became superintendent. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, in my view, not get people from out of town and bring them in. That never seems to work. So what do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that we're finally going from inside. I think it's a good idea. I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea that we're doing that. I don't know Mr. O'Leary, uh, but I have spoke to educators who I know. I know a lot of educators uh, floating around the community out there, and I've heard nothing but good things about Andrew O'Leary. So we wish him the best of luck. We think he's going to have some good luck. We do think that there are community people behind him, and we want to wish him the best of luck. So that issue was on the table. And then while that issue was on the table, I want to talk about something else because, you know, I'm an attorney, as people know, and I do a lot of work in juvenile court. And I deal with cases that are called child-requiring assistance cases. And these are cases where kids are misbehaving in school, where kids are truant, where kids are not following the school rules and stuff like that. And a lot of times I'm there and, you know, many times because I take the appointment from the court, which I'm happy to do as, you know, one piece of my practice, although I am kind of going into the sunset because I have other things that I'm doing. I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes, too. But I will say that the thing that I notice is the stuff that the schools have to put up with. I mean, my dad, who lived to be 90 years old, who passed away in 2020, he was a school teacher. He started out as a school teacher before he ended up chief probation officer at the New Bedford District Court. And he would be like laughing at the stuff that the teachers have to put up with. I mean, the idea that a kid would drop an F-bomb to a teacher, I mean, it's unthinkable. Unthinkable. I mean, you don't have to deal with that. I mean, you dropped an F-bomb to a teacher, you'd probably be expelled. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you necessarily should do that because they're trying to have an educated populace and God knows we need that. But I got to tell you, the teachers, they have a tough gig. They, they, <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, I used to, my wife was a teacher. She retired a few years ago. And uh, when she first started, I thought it was a great gig. And I used to kid with her about the summers off and all that. By the time her career ended, I, I, I you know, <laughs> it's amazing that she didn't break out in hives. 
uh, especially with Peter Durkin r- ranting and raving and yelling and acting like a crazy person, even though she didn't know what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> so, you know, it's a little frustrating. You know, I, I know that in my own career that, you know, we have to have in order to take, say, court appointments for care and protection cases, which are DY, uh, DCF cases, or to assist the court in those types of cases, we have to take this continuing legal education. You know, we have to have, say, eight hours worth of of courses and stuff like that to stay up on the law and different things like that. But I can tell you many times I'd be sitting there in a class listening to someone who maybe had only five years out of school or something like that and or seven years out of school and I'm their 35-year veteran and I'm listening to this person. I'm like, okay, this is a well-intended person, but this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, but, you know, you sit there quietly, you listen to them, and you take what you can out of it, and you go on to the next thing. Now, there are a lot of continuing education classes in terms of my career that are terrific. But there's nothing more offensive than somebody comes barging in, and they start telling you it ought to be this way, it ought to be that way. Now, again, you got to follow what they say because they're teaching you. They're they're uh, trying to tell you what the curriculum has to be. They're trying to tell you what the law is. You have to follow the law whether you like it or not, right? But... Sometimes they come in with stuff that you're like, what are you talking about? So I think that's a frustration, too. You know, that was one of the problems with Durkin. It just kind of came in and was ranting and raving and yelling and screaming. And then they'll say, well, the numbers went up when she was there. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Let me just tell you, you can do what you want with the numbers. You can fumble around with numbers. It's kind of like when, you know, politicians like to say, um, well, you know, uh, we, we we had less people drop out this year than we had last year. Yeah, okay, so you take uh, Jimmy who comes over and kicks tables over and swears at the teacher and tells the teacher to F, and then you just put up with it and, and until they get to 16 so you can say they didn't drop out. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I'd, I'd rather have a higher dropout rate and less of nonsense in the schools. That would be my view. But again, I'm not an educator. If you are an educator and you have a, a point of view, I try not to give super strong opinions in areas that I don't have all of the facts or a lot of experience. Like I have a lot of experience in my own field, so I feel qualified to give opinions about my own field. I always like to say I never tell plumbers how to connect the pipes or electricians how to connect the electricity or, you know, whatever the career is. I try not to tell them how to do their job because they know more about it than I do. Now, I can still make observations from the sidelines, especially if we're dealing with someone that's in a position of public trust that we, the taxpayers, have hired. But in general, you know, you got to be able to listen to what somebody who has experience in their field has to say and give that opinion a great deal of weight. So what do you think about that? What do you think about discipline in the public schools? I think that, you know, the number one thing to me that we have to do is not overly cater to the parent. Now, I know the parent you know, in theory, as a taxpayer, although a lot of the parents aren't really taxpayers, but, you know, the parents in theory are taxpayers, so we have to listen to them. But if that kid is misbehaving and that kid is creating problems in the class, we have to stand up to the parent and say, no, no, your, your kid is misbehaving. You know, we're not going to bend over backwards for your particular kid. So I do think school discipline is a big thing. And I, I have to point out, I, I think it's a lot different. I mean, the thought of my kids not going to school was unthinkable. Like, my kid would never wake up and say, I don't feel like going to school today. It'd be unthinkable. Between my wife and, and myself, the, you're getting up, you're going to school, end of story. So I always joke around with uh, people, and I shouldn't joke around. When I say joke around, I mean, this is serious uh, subjects that we're talking about here. But 
But I will say that I joke around in the sense that, you know, we have a case in court and it's like, why is um, why is this kid uh, late all the time? Well, you know, he just can't get up in the morning. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I can't get up in the morning. What do you mean you can't get up in the morning? Well, you know, he just uh, just can't get up in the morning. I don't know. I, I tell him to get up. They don't get up. And then I tell him to get up. He won't get up. I'm like, well, what's what's the problem? Well, you know, he's got anxiety. And I'm like, he's got anxiety? <laughs> I'm getting anxiety just hearing the story. What do you mean he's got anxiety? So, uh, you know, I remember I'd, you know, go into the lawyer's room and I'd say, oh, you know, my dad had a real cure for that. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, my dad had a cure for that. He would say, look, you got two choices. You get up for school right now or kick your rear end. <laughs> so I'd be like, well, yeah, get up right now. I'll kick your damn rear end. You know? And so then I would go, okay, I think I'll take choice A. Uh, so then, of course, I, I, you know, I grew up in a family that emphasized education. That was like, you're going to get educated. You got to get educated. What you do after that is up to do. You got to get educated. So I was fortunate. I had that mindset that I was going to get educated. I was going to go to school. I was going to try to get A's on my report card. I was then going to do that so that I could go to college. And then I go to college and I tried to get A's on my college if I could. So I could try to get into law school. Then I went to law school and I was like, oh, I got to study hard in law school. That way I can get by that damn bar exam. Uh, so then, thank God, I got by the bar exam on the first try, by the way. I don't know how. And I was very, very fortunate and then went on to have a great career in the law as well as a little side gig in broadcasting throughout my entire life. So I was fortunate to have that mindset that you're going to get educated. But if you tell a kid, ah, you know, he's getting anxiety, he won't get up to school. And I'm not saying a lot of these kids don't have anxiety. I don't mean to make light of it. But I think there are a lot of kids that just say that because they don't feel like going to school. I remember when I was in elementary school, a lot of times I would wake up and I'd say, oh, I don't feel good, you know, and I got away with it a couple of times. And then as soon as my parents discovered that, hey, you know, you got to toughen up, you got to go to school, then that was the end of that. You know what I mean? So, again, and I and I was a, kind of a sickly kid. I had pretty bad rheumatoid arthritis. I was actually in a wheelchair for a while. So there, there. I know that my folks, uh, you know, they had some sympathy for the idea that, you know, I, I had some problems in terms of my uh, physical ability. And I, because I was on medication at that time, I was on prednisone as a kid, I, had, I was weak. So, um, but again, there was a lot of times where I, I said that I didn't feel like going when it was just, you know, or I wasn't up to it, but it was just because I didn't feel like going. So I think we have to kind of uh, toughen it up a little bit. Um, and then as far as, you know, behavior in schools, um, to me... You have nothing unless you have discipline. If you don't have discipline, you'd have nothing. So, uh, again, I think we've lost our way over the past few years. I don't know what a new superintendent can do because, again, you have to follow the law. There's regulations. You have the Department of Education that you have to adhere to. So it's not like a new superintendent can come in and say, well, I'm going to do it all my way. No, there's so many factors involved. And it's a lot more complicated than all that. But the sum and substance of my opening comments are, I'm so glad that they got somebody from within. That, you know, we got somebody that has been in the system, knows the system, knows the area. And similar to, say, Mike Longo, Dr. Joe Silva, Constantine Nanopoulos, uh, I think Paul Rodericks, you go back before that. You know, these are people who are from the community. And talk about... You know, diversity before diversity was a thing, right? You know, I'm for diversity, but not like it's an end-all and be-all. You know, Mike Longo, okay? What's his ethnic background? Dr. Joe Silva, 
Obviously, his ethnic background is of Portuguese descent. Constantine Anopoulos of Greek extraction. And you had uh, Paul Rodericks of Portuguese descent. So I've had people of different backgrounds that led the school and nobody really thought anything about it. You know, I mean, nobody thought anything big about the person's ethnic background. As long as they can do the job and they're the best candidate for the job, they should have the job. So, again, getting back to it, two issues with regard to the schools. Number one, isn't it great that they finally hired somebody from within? Number one. Number two, discipline in the schools. How can you remember back in the day or do you remember back in the day how things were at school how strict it was at school and we've kind of lost our way i think we need to get back to that that's issue number two and issue number three i want to talk about school choice school choice was discussed in dartmouth very very recently so we want to get uh to that as well it's paul santos filling in good morning welcome to your thursday you're listening to New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM and 99.5 FM. All right, we are back here on WBSM, 1420 on your radio dial. I was trying to play some uh, intro music over here, but the intro music did not play, so I got to do something else over here. And make sure that the music comes up when I want it to come up. I don't know if we need any music this morning anyway. Good morning. Welcome to your Thursday. It's Paul Santos filling in for Tim Weisberg. Hopefully Tim will be back very soon. I know he's been out a little bit under the weather, but he's going to be back. And we're going to be looking forward to having Tim back. But in the meantime, this is so much fun filling in for you this morning here on WBSM. Got a chance to meet our news guy, Phil Devitt. I've been listening to Phil Devitt, and I'm like, wow, does this guy have the smoothest voice? I mean, this guy's voice is just smooth as silk. And uh, he does a great job here at WBSM, so I was enjoying meeting him this morning here, coming into the WBSM studios. I'm glad I got in when I did because it was kind of drizzling when I came in, and now I'm looking out the window and it's pouring. So I guess it's going to go back and forth like that. But as I said when I came in, right, the bad news is it's raining again, and apparently it's going to rain tomorrow too. The good news is we're going to hit 50 degrees today. Can you imagine that? 50 degrees. How can that be? 50 degrees on January 25th. Now, I know there was a winter about 10 years ago where on January 29th, we had not had any snow yet. We've just had a little sprinkle of snow, kind of like this year, just, you know, a little dusting here and there. And then for the following five Mondays in a row, one, two, three, four, five, bang, 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 bang. We got hit with five blizzards in a row. So just because it's January 25th, we are not out of the woods yet. We have a long way to go. A long way to go. All right. Let's see if I can do this right here. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Paul. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. You mentioned Mike Longo. His very first year as a teacher at New Bedford High was the 1974-75 school year. Mm -hmm. He was right out of Johnson and Wales. Were you in school at that time? That was my senior year. Nice, nice. And I had him, he was a very nice fellow. He was tough, but uh, very fair and a very nice guy. Well, the thing I remember about him was he was kind of like that old school guy that everybody liked him, but everybody respected him at the same time because he was kind of tough but fair, but he also had a sense of humor, and he, he just had a knack for the job, you know? That's right, yeah. And one of his sons is the assistant principal of New Bedford High. Right. I know, actually, his sons are all doing really well. I think one is an educator, one is a doctor, 
Yes, the doctor was in St. Luke's emergency, last I know. Yeah, in fact, uh, one of the times I went down there, because I had to go to the emergency room, and he came in, and I'm like, is your dad Mike Longo? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, the other one's an attorney that, that I see. Yeah, so the, the, you know, the three kids did really, really well. And, and, right. uh, but it's from the old school, you know, we talked about Dr. Silva, Dr. Joe Silva before that, or, or I think he was, he, yeah, I guess he was before that. And then Constantine Anopoulos. Anopoulos was actually the principal of junior high school, Keith Junior High School, when I was in school, you know? That, right. Now, the first big superintendent search. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I uh, I did it again, and I'm not going to, I know exactly what I did. So if you want to call back, I'd appreciate it. But in the meantime, good morning. You're next. in the schools or lack thereof. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I, am I, apologize. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't have you on until just now. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, I was listening to you talking about the lack of discipline in schools nowadays and how kids can pretty much do what they want to do. Um, I'm with you. Discipline is a form of love. You know, you have to have consistency, praise, love, and... Okay. All right. Yes. There's, <laughs> something has happened here. They they had me come in and now there's a whole different phone system. So what I'm going to ask you to do is call back and just let the phone ring and then I'll take you when it's your turn. Good morning. Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's okay, Paul. I was saying that when Mike Longo retired, that was the first big superintendent search. And do you remember who replaced him? I'm trying to remember now in the order that it this went. This was before Pia Durkin, and it was a lady, and she was probably the worst we've ever had. Oh, Portia Bonner. There you go. Ah. Yeah. She's from Connecticut. I answered a quiz question. How about that? I'm Early in the morning, <laughs> and I'm still not yeah. awake yet. <laughs> I remember she had a little feud with Scott Lang mm -hmm. before she resigned. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. I think you get people from New Bedford, came up through the system. Right. And if you're a teacher, let's say you're a teacher and you become, say, principal. And then you're principal, and then you become housemaster at the high school. And then you work your way up to, say, I don't know, deputy superintendent. Then all of a sudden, Mr. or Miss X comes in from out of town. They don't know anything about anything. And you're looking at them like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. And I, I understand it's well-intentioned because the idea is you get new eyes on a situation. And sometimes right. that can be good. But for the most part, it hasn't worked. And I, I like seeing promotion from within. I agree 100%. All right. Hey, thanks and for the call. When I was in high school, was Mr. Cowlin still the principal when you was there, the headmaster? Oh, yeah. Teddy Cowlin. Yeah, my dad, dad was. Rear. Yeah, it was Papa very. was the blue house master. There was another guy that was sort of like an old school kind of a guy. My dad was very friendly with Teddy Cowlin, you know? Okay, yeah. How about Mr. Goldrick? Oh, man. <laughs> he, was, he was a little bit. He might have been just a little bit too far the other way. He was like really, really tough guy, you know? <laughs> Oh. I think he was Gold House. Yeah, that was what was really funny about it was Goldrick was the headmaster of Gold House, so you wouldn't be confused about it, you know? That is right. <laughs> well, All thank right, you very Paul, much. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. All right, good morning. I'm sorry I inadvertently cut you off before. <clears throat> yes, hi, you're on the air. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Paul. Um, well, I started to say about discipline and love and responsibility and consistency all go hand in hand. Well, it's true. I used to teach my daughter at a very early age that you can't always have what you want just because you want it or do what you want just because you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that you're responsible. You know, there's consequences for your actions. And um, I had to be both parents. And I made sure she knew she was loved every single day. 
I made sure that her voice was important, that she had something to say. I wanted to know what she had to say and that her, she mattered in my life. And I always tell people, your kids are the way they are because you allow them to be that way. And I, I'm appalled when I see the things that go on now. I could never be a teacher for a million years. I listen to the stories. I have a lot of friends who are teachers. It's amazing. It would it, it would just curl your hair. It's well, you know, your wife was a teacher. Yeah, she would come home and, with these stories. And I'm in juvenile court, so I see it in juvenile court too. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's sad. It's absolutely amazing. I, you know, discipline is. You know, I'm not talking about uh, beating your child to a pulp or anything. That's not that's not it at all. But they have to have boundaries. They're learning. They're kids. They're they're small. They they don't know everything. They don't have all the answers to everything. So you have to instruct them and teach them and show them and guide them the way to go and not just let them grow like weeds all over the place and do whatever they want to do and well, just you, turn the other cheek. You know, say, oh well, whatever. Well, you, you mentioned know, that's just them being them. You mentioned the word in there that I didn't include before, which I should have included, and you actually make an even stronger point, and that is discipline and strictness, but with love. That last Absolutely. part is important. Without the love part, the rest of it goes out. You have to discipline, but you have to really care about your kid, and that's the thing with schools, too. The thing about, like, say, a Mike Longo or some of these other people, they were strict, and they had discipline, but they cared. They cared about you. Absolutely. And praise. Praise is so important. Don't just scold a child because it's something they did that you didn't like, but give them the praise as well when they do something. You know, give them the accolades about how wonderful, what a great job they did. And then that'll, that'll build their self-esteem and their confidence. I used to get in bed with my daughter when she was real small, about four. I say, okay, what do you want to talk about tonight before she go to bed? Because she was very shy and quiet and she wow. didn't talk to people. And so I wanted to get her out of her shell. To say, okay, you have something important to say. You have a voice. I want to hear what you have to say. You know, and this is what I would do. And it just, we're tight to this day. She's 35, going to be 35 years old this year. And we're super close. Well, I appreciate the call. I got to go to a news break. Very good insight. And we appreciate you getting in early in the morning like that. Oh, well, I have the day off, so I was able to do some. I love listening to WBSM, and you're great. Oh, thank I, you. I, really I appreciate love listening it. to you. All right. Thank you very much. Very nice oh, of you well, to say you that. Have, have a great, great day. day Bye-bye. All right. News break time here at 1420 WBSM. Here is Phil Devitt. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. President Biden will be in Wisconsin today to promote the billions being spent on infrastructure in the U.S. The White House says the president will give a speech on how Bidenomics and his investing in America agenda are, quote, rebuilding our infrastructure, lowering costs, spurring a small business boom, and creating good-paying jobs. Biden will deliver remarks in Superior, where a major bridge construction project has received roughly a billion dollars from the Department of Transportation. Boeing is ordering a one-day quality stand-down today at one of its factories in Washington as concerns over safety mount. A number of U.S. senators met with the CEO of Boeing Wednesday, including Alaska Republican Dan Sullivan. Boeing CEO says he takes full responsibility for this. They are working with the NTSB, FAA, to make sure these 
aircraft will be 100% safe. The move is just the first of many stand-downs planned at the aircraft maker's factories. It comes after a number of safety incidents, including a panel blowing off a 737 MAX 9 mid-flight earlier this month. That model has been grounded by the FAA until they can all be inspected. The workers at the plant will get together to work on quality issues and come up with concrete plans. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says he's moving forward with a lawsuit to prevent federal officials from cutting the state's razor wire barriers. The wire barriers were placed on the border near Eagle Pass as part of Governor Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star. The 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals last month barred federal agents from removing the wire. The U.S. Supreme Court set aside that decision Monday, sending the case back to the 5th Circuit Court in New Orleans. NASA will pay tribute today to those who lost their lives while furthering the cause of space exploration and discovery. The annual Day of Remembrance Ceremony will take place at the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex Space Mirror Memorial. NASA will commemorate the crews of Apollo 1 and Space Shuttle's Challenger in Columbia. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson says while it's a solemn day, we should be forever thankful that those fallen heroes shared their spirit of exploration with NASA, the country, and the world. And a singer from the Woodstock era has passed away. Melanie, as she went by, became famous after appearing at the iconic music festival in 1969 and wrote the hit song Lay Down, Candles in the Rain about the experience. She also had a number one hit in 1971 with the song Brand New Key and wrote the 1970 hit Look What They've Done to My Song. On Wednesday, her children posted on Facebook that Melanie Safka died Tuesday at age 76. No details of her death were given. Turning now to Massachusetts, state lawmakers considering whether to seek a receivership for Stewart Healthcare as it deals with a financial crisis. And a cash reward is being offered for info leading to the arrest of a Fall River murder suspect. 26-year-old Tejon Saxon is wanted in the shooting death of Diamante Odom in 2023. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins lost to the Carolina Hurricanes 3-2. Next up a game with the Ottawa Senators tonight at 7. And the Boston Celtics play the Miami Heat tonight at 7.30. Now your ABC6 forecast. A rainy morning. A break ahead, but those clouds will remain. A high of 51 today and a low of 37. Deja vu likely Friday morning. More rain in the forecast. A high of 44 degrees and looking cloudy with temps in the 40s for the weekend. This WBSM News Update brought to you by Sparks Auto Dartmouth, home of the $29 oil change. Your choice for auto repairs, brakes, and inspection stickers. Sparks Auto, 425 State Road, Dartmouth. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM. WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. All right, Paul Santos, we are back here on 1420 WBSM, filling in for Tim Weisberg this morning. So happy to be doing so right here on the radio. You can get in on our discussion at 508-996-0500. And we're talking a little bit about the fact that they've hired Somebody to take over the New Bedford Public Schools, Andrew O'Leary, the new superintendent of schools. And we're talking a little bit about school discipline, the number one issue that I see. Of course, there's a lot of factors that go into providing a quality education. But if you don't have discipline, you don't have anything. So I don't know what they can do in terms of try to turning things around. I know kids came out of COVID. You know, I don't know. They just not, I don't know. They just don't seem comfortable socially. They seem to be more easily agitated. You know, that's all true. That wasn't their fault. But, you know, I still think that we've kind of let discipline escape. And when I think of, you know, back in my day and then in my father's day, the degree to which discipline is just kind of eroded, I think that's our fault. I think we, 
should step it up a little bit and we should step it up. But like that last caller said, it's not just blanket discipline. It's disciplined with love. That's what you need, disciplined with love. A couple of other things I wanted to talk about. You know, we had the passing of a New Bedford icon very recently, and that's Jack Markey, right? Somebody out there must have a Jack Markey story. You mentioned Mike Longo. Mike Longo related to Markey in the sense that I believe he was his brother-in-law, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, Jack Markey, what an interesting character he was. I knew him because my dad was a Jack Markey supporter. He became mayor in 1971 when I was 11 years old. And I always thought he was the coolest mayor. And then when I got to know him even better as a judge, because I went before him as an attorney, and then he retired, and then, you know, I had a chance to deal with him and stuff like that. I really got to know him even better. And I know his son, Chris. I know his son, John Jr. I know members of the family. Got a chance to chat with them at the wake uh, last week when we lost Jack Markey. He's got 17 grandchildren. I got to tell you, I had the good fortune of doing an interview with Jack Markey that's on YouTube. And it's also on Facebook. If you go on to the Paul Santos Live Show Facebook page or you go to YouTube, actually, and you type in Paul Santos Live Show or just Paul Santos and Jack Markey. The interview I did with him about four or five years ago comes up. And I got to tell you, I remember at the time when I thought of this, I thought, gee, I got to do an interview with Jack Markey. You know, he was already getting on in years. And it's one of those things you, where you, if you don't do it, you're sorry afterward that you didn't do it. So I went to his house one day and I sat down and I talked to him. And it's about 10 minutes. It's just about, you know, the long interview format, uh, unless you're listening to a long form podcast, seems to be on its way out. Our attention spans just seem to be so short. So I did this interview with Jack Markey again, about 10 minutes. And we went through his whole career and different things about being mayor, different things about being judge. What an insightful guy. And, you know, Chris Markey, his son, after he passed, he referred to him as a goofball. He called his father a goofball. And I was like, well, you know, you can call your father a goofball. But he meant it in a loving way. He meant that he had this sense of humor. And boy, did he ever have a sense of humor. I mean, he had a sense of humor when he was arguing with the fire department about a raise. And he took him to arbitration and the fire department won. So then he told the guy, he said, well, if they win, I'm going to take my pants off. And then <laughs> the uh, reporter reminded him, hey, you said you're going to take your pants off. You're going to live up to that? And Jack Markey said, I always live up to my word. So then off they came and he was there in his boxer shorts or swim trunks or whatever he had on under there. And it became like a, a thing that people remember the mayor by. And it was that and driving around in the mayor's car and chasing criminals down the street you know that was another thing um if you're on the line hang on i'm way overdue for these breaks so i'm gonna go to the break real quick and then i'll be back to the phones at 508-996-0500 it's paul santos filling in for tim weisberg here at news bedford's news talk station 1420 wbsm hey it's paul santos filling in for tim here on 1420 wbsm 99.5 fm Give us a shout if you can at 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Paul, I turned on my truck to go to work, and guess who I hear on the radio? I know, amazing, isn't it? Paul Santos this morning. I, I was so surprised. <laughs> guess who this is? This is your singing partner from the Toys for Kids telethon that we just did in uh, December. Yes, yes, yeah, it's great to hear from you, Bob. Yes, we did a little uh, version <laughs> of uh, the Grinch there, yes. <laughs> we did, we did. And we I think a, a lot, a lot of people... Uh, Target when I, and Dartmouth. Well, I put that little clip up, and a lot of people were giving me the business about it. 
Oh, jeez. You're a mean one. You know what? My students were watching. They were like, who's the Grinch? They all wanted to know who the Grinch was in the background. I said, I have no idea. Yes. Oh, you didn't (laughs) know? showed up. Oh, you didn't know who that was? No, who was it? You know who it was? No, I have no idea. For those (laughs) who are listening, yeah, we had uh, the the telephone there, the... um, Fill the bus telethon that we did on Dartmouth Community Media. And uh, Bob Parada was on the line. He's an educator at the Dartmouth Public Schools. And him and I together were killing some time. And he got out his guitar and he started playing the Grinch. And I sang the Grinch song to him playing the guitar. So somebody in the background was dressed up as the Grinch. But I thought it was all part of the act. I have no idea who that was. Yeah, no, I don't know. It might, it might have been somebody from uh, the Dartmouth Police Department because I know they had a lot of volunteers there. Yeah, I don't know if you heard. We we're talking about, you know, the new superintendent in New Bedford, and I like the idea that they promoted from within rather than trying to find somebody from out of town. Uh, I know you're an educator. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. And the other thing we're talking about is school discipline to the extent that, you know, especially in an urban school, it seems to me that that is something that you have to have, and if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it's it's also about finding, uh, you know, a student's interest, sparking a student's interest. And as you are well aware, I mean, the students that I work with, I'm, I'm blessed to have so many, so many exciting and, um, you know, hardworking students that are so focused. They're like focused on what they want to do. It's so nice to see. But I think if you can spark an interest in a kid and then, uh, you know, keep that going with the, with a student, um, it's a game changer, honestly. Well, you know, you deal with television production, and of course, it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. And of course, this is your chosen profession, and now you're an educator in this regard. And you know, the students that come in, your students that I've met, many of them working on the filibus telethon and stuff like that, I could not be more impressed with the crop of students that you have in that class. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think you really gotta make sure that you have curriculum and subject matter. And I'm going to throw this out to any teacher out there, you know, have something that the kids and, and get them involved in, in possibly coming up with an idea for that curriculum. If you get them involved and uh, you get them, you know, trying to uh, focus on what they want to learn, what they want to do with guidance, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't let it go free, free nilly and and let them decide whatever the heck they want to do. But, I think with proper guidance and get them involved, get them to choose some of the things, you know, student choice is a huge thing. Um, I think that's a game changer and, and, and it's, I've seen it many years now and uh, I've used that, that methodology for many years. And, and we've, we've got actually one of my former students, I just found out this morning, uh, his first semester at the URI school of journalism, he made the Dean's list and, uh, I think you um, may know of this uh, young man, Ryan Aruda. Oh, yes. Very uh, impressive from, young man. From, yeah, he uh, he made the dean's list uh, his first semester over at the URI School of Journalism there. So well, I'm glad to hear more that. Proud, more proud of uh, students like Ryan. And there's so many. And this, as a matter of fact, this past um, Monday night at the Dartmouth School Committee meeting, uh, we, as, as you know, I'm the lead teacher as well here for um, Business Innovation and Technology. We presented our new uh, internship program, and we had three uh, seniors who presented, and I couldn't be more proud of the words they had to say about their experiences and what they are learning um, outside of the building and how focused. We've got one student working uh, with uh, Fallen 
Engineering Corporation. Uh, we got another student um, at South Coast Hospital. We got a student at um, uh, Dartmouth Dents uh, Dental in in Dartmouth. And uh, you should uh, you can tune into the program. It's on our YouTube channel. Just go go to YouTube, search DHS TV Media, and you'll see the school committee meeting from Monday night. But uh, the words that they had to say, I couldn't be more proud of students. And I mean, that's what that's why. As educators, we do what we what we do because we want to. We it, it's it's no more rewarding to see students like that um, across the board. Just uh, and I know young people in the media right now, they get the knock sometimes. But the young people that we're working with here, um, it, it's just amazing. Well, I'm glad you called and said that because you're right. The negativity gets more attention, but there's a lot of positive stuff going on thanks to people like yourself and the other educators and a lot of the great kids that are coming up the ranks. Got to go to a break, but I really appreciate the call, Bob. Yep, you're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, back in a moment with more of the morning show with Paul Santos filling in here at WBSM. <laughs> Paul Santos filling in for Tim Weisberg. We got about a minute and a half before news. Thank you for holding. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Paul. Hi, how are you today? Very good, sir. So, uh, I like the topics. Uh, welcome to the very early morning show. I was on my way to do some work, and here we go. Paul, Paul <laughs> Santos on the radio. <laughs> is that a good thing? Uh, no, it is, yeah. Okay, good. Glad to hear I that. To change, I had to change gears from sports, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do have some relatives, close relatives that are teachers in the New Bedford system, and uh, early on, I used to, same as you, similar story, I would tease them about summers off. Oh, I did that too. A couple, couple of weeks vacation in April and February, and, and you know, they're jaunting over to the warmer weather, and while I'm, you know, working, trying to pick my vacations a uh, different way in my profession. But, um, you know, at one time, I think they enjoyed their work. They They got into it because they wanted to teach and be educators and help children of all different ages depending on you know uh depending on where they work but but i can tell you now that those conditions have drastically changed for the teacher right especially uh, in the inner city yeah I, and i was thinking about that paul that's uh you know one of the one of the things you never really hear about are these types of issues that we're talking about discipline in the classroom teachers being assaulted just Conditions 